Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Yeah, we can miss the uh, truth of the story, and that's been done throughout ages uh, in terms of all sorts of situations. I'm going to share with you a few situations where that's happened in the business world, where uh, not looking behind the story has created missed opportunities. How about this one? Who's heard of blockbuster videos? Blockbuster videos, huge in the video rental, video download world. Uh, one day, they were approached by a very small company called Netflix and asked if they wanted to buy them out. And they go, why would we want to do that? They missed the opportunity. A decade later, Blockbusters has gone bust, and Netflix is worth uh, billions. Kodak, who's heard of Kodak? Uh, if you're old enough to heard of Kodak, Kodak had 90% of the US market for film development. Anybody know what film is in the camera world? Film, yeah, okay, I've got time to explain to you. Uh, uh, they would process the film, make the film even, and, uh, but in, that was in 1976. Who remembers 1976? No, okay. In 1975, they had invented the digital camera but kept it hidden for fear that it would undermine their primary market. Only a competitor invented the digital camera. Kodak are now bust and the digital market has boomed. George Bell started the internet company called Excite. Uh, one day George was uh, approached by someone and offered a new search engine that was being developed by three men in a garage. And they said, you can buy it for just a million dollars. And he went, why would I buy something called Google? What a ridiculous name. Now it's worth $167 billion. Everyone say missed opportunity. <laughs> Except for those three men. Uh, Volkswagen, Volkswagen uh, in, in Hitler's era, Hitler uh, asked a car, car company to manufacture a car for the people, a people's car. Volkswagen did that, the, the people's wagon, people's car. And uh, uh, only after or during the war, many of their factories got wiped out. After the war, the Allied forces were dividing up plots of land in Germany and uh, v one of the remaining VW pieces of land was being offered around the place. The Americans turned it down and said, why don't you give it to the British? So the British did it because they make cars so well. And so they, um, Aston Martin, just saying, uh, <laughs> exclusive. And so they, they, they turned it around and began to remake Volkswagen and then wanted to sell it on. Everyone, including Henry Ford, turned the offer down because of the stigma attached to having a German car. The packaging wasn't right. Now look at VW Today, one of the leading brands in the car market. We can turn down amazing opportunities. We can miss a significant moment just because the packaging doesn't seem right or just because the packaging seems so familiar. And if there's any event in the year, we can do that too. It's Christmas. Christmas is a time of year probably most of us love. Maybe some of us don't because of um, troubling uh, memories, possibly, but by and large, it's a festive time of year. It's a holiday time of year. We generally enjoy Christmas. It's 
packaged well, but because of that, we can miss the very point. It's my job to help us understand what the real point is. And that is, if we're so familiar with it, we can miss the main character, and that is Jesus. Take your nativity scene, for instance, or take my nativity scene, for instance. It's missing Jesus right now because I've got him in my pocket in a crib. The question is, if Jesus was taken out of the scene of Christmas, would you still miss him? If the center character of Christmas was taken out of the scene, would it make any difference to your life? Or does the packaging seem still so good to you? Or if somewhere along the line have we missed the essence? 50% of the Netherlands believe in God, but many of us have actually put something else in place of Jesus uh, rather than Jesus himself, and therefore are missing what I'm calling the miracle of Christmas. And so let me remind you of what the Christmas story is. It, it was read to us earlier by uh, two wonderful people here, uh, Aliska and Remy. But let me describe it to you in my words. So there was a scene set with every story. There's a time, there's a place, and there's a character. A time, place, and character. The time was 0 BC. It couldn't be, be, be born before Christ or after Christ. So let's just call it, he was born in a place called Bethlehem. That was the place. And there were characters in this story. The first one is Mary. Mary was a teenage girl. She gets pregnant. Ah, she's shocked. She's not sure what's going on. She gets visit, visited by an angel that sets her heart at peace. Okay, I accept this. I'll go with this. Virgin birth. Miracle. Probably not as big a miracle as you would think, given every birth of a child is actually, in effect, a miracle. Somewhere between 20 and 100 million Boom, head out on that journey to that one egg. Nearly none of them make it. In fact, the handful of sperm that do make it still have to get through a chemical layer around that egg to make it even more impossible to break through. Inside that one sperm that does eventually get into that egg is the DNA of a human being. That is amazing. You are characterized within that DNA God had thought about you. He wanted you. He packaged you up in something the eye could not see so that you would look as good as you do this morning, this afternoon. Scientifically, nearly impossible. The odds are nearly impossible that you should be here. Nearly 100 million to one, to be precise. God just had to tip the balance a little bit, do it without the sperm, but got the DNA into that egg and a child was conceived. Then there's Joseph. Everyone's heard of Joseph. Joseph was the, was the um, uh, a fiance. He hears about the pregnancy. Mary, what have you been up to? He's shocked, overwhelmed. He gets visited by an angel. Angel puts it all straight, makes it all clear. Oh, okay, it's uh, one of those sorts of pregnancies. I'm all good. So they get together, stay together, and Eventually, uh, the baby is about to be born, and then there's shepherds in a field looking after the sheep, as shepherds do, and then an angel appears to them as well, uh, and uh, starts to tell them about the birth of uh, a coming king or a messiah, and then uh, the, the flash mob, I call it the flash mob happens, you know the flash mob, flash mob is where one person in a shopping mall stands up, begins to sing, and then a whole crowd of people stand up 
and begin to sing. That was what was happening in those hills on the outside of Bethlehem. Choirs of angels begin to sing to the shepherds. So they go off to Bethlehem and see Jesus. And then the wise men who were living 1,300 kilometers away further east, they see a star in the sky and get a sense that something special was about to happen, so followed it. And we know they came to worship Jesus too. In a nutshell, that's the story. It's a wonderful story. It's a miraculous story. But we can miss the essence of the story because of the packaging. Now, there are two types of families. There's the family that is ready for Christmas as soon as it turns into December. November even. They're out the first to get the tree. They're out with the Christmas decorations. The attic is opened up and the, the decorations are coming out. They're put around the house. The tree is all lit. and They know how to wrap presents. Now, to wrap a present is an art, I have discovered. Now, I've discovered this because Lisby's family is like this family number one. I will describe family number two to you in a minute, which was my family. Lisby's family was number one family, and they knew how to wrap a present. You do not bite the sellotape to break it, right? Have you ever tried sticking sellotape down and the end of it will not properly stick? Well, you know when it doesn't stick because you haven't cut it properly. Well, they, they package it up real well. Good quality, um, good quality Christmas paper, uh, ribbon around the gift, a bow on top of the ribbon, the whole works. Then there's family number two. Family number two hopes that they will buy their gift in a store that will wrap it for you. <clears throat> and if they don't, they're hoping that the, uh, you know that table they have after the cashier where the, the wrapping paper is provided for you and the sellotape is cut on a serrated edge. Yeah, because um, otherwise they seem to see no problem giving a gift in its original bag. After all, it's just the gift that counts. I've removed the receipt. Isn't that enough? This is family number two. I came from family number two. This became from family number one. The point is this. It's actually what's inside that counts. Whether you wrap it well or don't wrap it. By the way, wrapping it well is better. The packaging is nice. Whether you wrap it well or you don't, what's inside is the important issue. So the question then is, what is the miracle of Christmas? The story is wonderful. The, uh, in many respects, miraculous. But the real miracle of Christmas isn't the Christmas story. The real miracle of Christmas is when we open our hearts to the Christmas story. It's what's inside that story that really counts. When you unpack package it, you begin to realize there is transformation inside, there's forgiveness inside, there's love inside, there's healing inside, there's eternal life inside. And we can miss that just because maybe the packaging presented to us hasn't been right. 2,000 years ago, the Jews did just that. The Jews were expecting a military leader to be the Messiah. They're going, what could the Messiah be like? We're being oppressed by the Romans. Of course, what a Messiah would be like is a, is a military leader who can deliver us from the oppression of these terrible Romans. They're expecting that. Instead, 
They get a baby born to a virgin. He's not a sports star, a philosopher, a movie star. He's not a military leader. He's none of these things. He goes around teaching on love, talking about how your heart can be transformed. You see, when you get into the midst of what the story is about, you find the real miracle. But the problem we have is this, is that we're humans. And there is a certain level of resistance we have to something that might even help us. It's like a self-destruct button. It's like the self-sufficient person who, when you offer to help them, says, no, no, I can do it. It's all fine. A self-destruct button that says, I don't need help or I don't want to be helped. Our own brokenness on the inside repels the help of something that might just sort it out. It's an irony, really, that the very one thing that could help your life, we reject because of our very own need. And there are three things I see people struggling with most of all. When I say people, probably all of us. And the first is this, and that is what I call the self-made man problem. And that is that we generally, particularly in our societies, feel like life is made by our own successes. Life is made by our own performances. Life is made by what we can do. It's really hard to trust a third party because we're very capable, thank you very much. And so the thought of trusting something we can't even see, we don't understand that. The second challenge we have is potentially with cynicism. And in fact, as you get older, this problem gets even worse. Trust me, it's very easy to think, I've seen it all, I've done it all, been there. And so you, you sort of begin to put up a resistance of cynicism. Can that really be real? Is that really true? Did that really happen? But if we're really honest with ourselves, it's not about Jesus per se that we're cynical about. Because that same cynicism you find arises toward your work, toward your relationships. It, it actually isn't about Jesus. It's about the condition of our own hearts. And then probably the most popular problem that most of us would face is what I would call familiarity, which is what I sort of started with, and that is things can become so familiar that we lose the fact it can be also so special. How often have you done that in a meaningful relationship? A spouse, for instance. I've been married 26 years. Thank you. It's more Lisby than me, but we've got a Christmas service in Almira, which is where she is right now, so I can be free to just offload my burdens to you. Actually, I have none. She has many. They're all called Steve Warren. But, you know, you, you come home to something that looks so familiar, dresses so familiar, sounds so familiar, that tone of voice is so familiar, and everything's so familiar, it becomes so ordinary. And, and on your worst days, it isn't even ordinary. <laughs> it's less than ordinary. Uh, I won't go there. Um, <clears throat> and you forget how special it is. That thing standing thing, I'm not... I'm not now talking about my wife, I'm talking about generically. The thing that could be just good for us, could be right for us, might just be standing right in front of us. And we miss it because how we, of how we perceive it. So many of the religious Jews missed it because of how they perceived it. And yet there was a story which had a time and a place 
and a person. For me, that was in the early 80s. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking he's not old enough to know the early 80s. I, I know you're thinking that, aren't you? You're going, I can read your mind. You're going, he is not. I was, I am. In the early 80s, in my teenage years, in a place called Cornwall. It's a beautiful place, but in England, you see, there are certain places that they say, can anything good come out of there? And it was sort of one of those places. They said of Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? There we go. They wrapped him up in a certain, put him in a certain box. We're so good at putting things in boxes, aren't we? They're that sort of a person. He grew up in Nazareth. Can anything come, good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of the Aktahuch or out of... Did I say that right? Was that perfect? Can, can anything good come out of Limburg? You, you just make it up yourself. Where, can anything good come out of? I, he came out of one of those places. I came out of one of those places. And then there was a character. It just happened to be me and... I came to a point in my life where I was searching for meaning. Uh, I was working through my own sense of self-esteem, uh, troubled by my own self-esteem. And so I knew there was a moment where I had to open my heart to the true miracle of Christmas. You see, when you do that, your inner world gets reconstructed. You take a hold of someone who is God himself and place them on the inside. You put aside the self-made trust. I mean, if you're going to trust in yourself, you'll never be better than you. And you know your flaws if you're honest with yourself. Put, a, put away your cynicism. Put away that familiarity and go, I really want to know the meaning of this. As I sought to conclude this message, I did a little research on heart transplant a heart transplants because what I'm really talking about is a new heart getting a, a heart transplant a renewed heart Jesus says he will come in and he'll take out the brokenness and give you a healed heart he'll take, take out the anxiety and give you peace he'll take out the performance and give you a sense of significance so I thought wouldn't it be interesting to study heart transplants. And I did that. I found a few interesting stories where people who needed not just a heart transplant, but some sort of organ transplant, they had a certain experience afterwards. Let me just read you a couple of those. This doesn't happen to everyone. And if you ever need one of these, please don't fear that moment because it happens to the minority, but it proves a point about something called cellular memory, that your organs have cells and in it they have a memory of your life. Claire Sylvia had a heart and lung transplant. After she woke up from the operation, she had a craving for beer and McDonald's chicken nuggets. Not kidding you, she did. She'd never liked beer before. She never liked McDonald's before. So she did some research on who the donor was. And she found out that Tim, the donor, had a craving for chicken nuggets. In fact, on the day he died in a accident the mcdonald's chicken nuggets were there sitting in the car he had just bought them it's called cell memory let me tell you about another one amy dippins had a liver transplant she woke up from her operation 
having a sense of uh, moral, moral obligation for her community, a sense of, of desire to, to help her community. And she found herself walking past DIY stores wanting to go in. She never had that desire before. She would want to buy a saw and a piece of wood and she wanted to make something with it. So she did some research on finding out who her donor was and found out this man was really into community work and was really into DIY. It's called cellular memory. Our spiritual hearts are just like that. The soul of a person is just like that. It has a memory. It has a memory of a broken relationship, a rejection that someone gave to us. It has a memory of something we regret doing. It has a memory of something someone said to us. It has a memory of our own human failings. It's a memory. And we do all sorts of things to try and cover it up. We find another relationship that sort of helps mask over that rejection, but it never deals with it. It just helps put a smile on our face through the midst of it. But the memory in our heart is still there because the human heart is actually the heart of the human problem. It's really interesting if you do, a, again, a search on the internet of, of human problems and it'll talk about wars and uh, economic crisis and not one article ever points out that the problem may have been caused by a certain condition of the human heart. It will say the war was caused by a fight over oil. It wasn't really. It was a fight due to jealousy. Or that this conflict happened because of, it wasn't really, it was a fight due to unmanaged anger. It seems like in society we do everything possible to escape the real problem. The real problem is your heart and my heart. We have a human heart problem. And we try and find ways to deal with it. We try and find philosophies and therapy to deal with it. But there's only one answer and that's the miracle of Christmas. And that's Jesus himself. And when we open our hearts, the real miracle happens. And he says, I'm going to give you a cell transplant. I'm going to transfer the broken cells, the bad cells for a good one. I'm going to transform your heart into a brand new one. And as we pray, as we come to a close, that's what I want to do. There are some of you here today Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.com.
www.dotnl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.